Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. And here we go, the last football Friday of the 2021 NFL season. Super Bowl 56 is upon us, and we got a good show on tap for you today. Coming up in about 15, 30 minutes from now, Scott Kellen is going to join us at Sixth Sense NFL up on Twitter. We'll get his thoughts. He's been with us throughout the football season on what will transpire on Super Bowl 56 day, and that's 1.15 p.m. Pacific time for those who are listening. A lot of coverage as well, of course, of the big game uh, because we have props to get through that humans and I have wagered on. We have side total Offensive and defensive line analysis. Nat Humans is very fired up about. What's up, dude? You ready? <laughs> dude, you got your light blue Rams jacket on there. That's right. Look, so I told Pritch this as we uh, set the table here for the <clears throat> Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. uh, we have started to move. The fours are now across the board pretty much. Uh, total, standing pat at 48 and a half. Um, so we will see if that actually moves by the time we get to Sunday, although that seems to be less likely the more and more it goes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe 49 and a half is potentially what we're going to get. But the fours are out there. Uh, the lone three and a half that had popped on the screen is gone at this point right now. We'll see if that gets back to it. And from a money line perspective, Matt Eumanns, this was what we were talking about and kind of tracking in the days leading up. How cheap would this money line get? Well, today... Starting to get a little cheaper. Dollar eighty-five out there right now. Uh, the Westgate Superbook, one of the lower prices out there. Dollar uh, eighty appearing on the screen as well at the uh, luxurious Treasure Island out here. So we're starting to move in that direction, man. Yeah, there are some books like that. Treasure Island is one of them that sometimes you can find an off number, a number that's a little bit off market. Right next to Dick's and, Last uh, Resort when you walk in there. Yep. Uh, four is pretty much across the board, like you said, forty-eight and a half. Jay Cornegate told me a couple days ago he thought that Rams money line would dip as low as minus one seventy. Wow. That's why when I was on with Mitch Moss a couple days ago, I said it doesn't make any sense for somebody to, to bet uh, four hundred and you know four hundred thousand to win two hundred thousand on the Rams at minus two hundred. Why would you not wait for that money line to drop? I guess you don't understand Super Bowl betting trends and monitor uh, the way the market's going to move before Ouch. you make a bet like that. Just that, It doesn't make sense. Uh, if you're going to put up that kind of money, why would you throw away? If you could lay minus 170, and there are plenty of bookmakers who would give you that amount of money on the Super Bowl at minus 170 if it gets there this weekend. This is a Super Bowl. This is not a uh, college basketball game on, on uh, Thursday night. <clears throat> would you not... Rather bet three hundred and forty thousand to win two hundred mm-hmm. than four hundred thousand to win two hundred. I would. So that's why I said it was not a sharp bet placed at minus two hundred. And uh, right now we're seeing the money line here at minus one eighty five. You could walk into the South Point today, and Jimmy and Chris would give you uh, minus one eighty five for four uh, hundred k JVT if you want it. So, 
more bang for your buck. <laughs> Can I run out to my car real quick? I left it out there. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and host the show for the next eight minutes. All right, let me go grab my. Uh, you know grab what? Grab your really briefcase nice. full of cash yeah. and come back in. There's the. Uh, uh, view clearly, of the South you've never Lake handled 400K. It's actually two briefcases. So. Jimmy Vaccaro out there in the middle of the book uh, this afternoon. Looking forward to uh, Jimmy and Brent's interview with uh, Billy Walters yeah. this weekend on VSEN. 56 hours of uh, free video coverage on vsen.com. Check out if you watch anything. And you can only watch one thing, but you got to watch as much as you can. Watch the Billy Walters, Brent Musburger, Jimmy Vaccaro interview from right here at the South Point, which is going to air Sunday morning. Yep, I retweeted the clip as well. You can find a clip of it uh, up on VSEN Live on Twitter. So uh, definitely excited to watch that. And speaking of Chris, too, by the way, he's going to be with us today as well. He'll be with us in about uh, 27 minutes as we discuss everything from the bookmaker's perspective for Super Bowl 56. Now, as we look at the landscape of everything, too, before we get to the actual matchup, uh, we do have some other wagers coming in. Todd Dewey, your former colleague over at the uh, RJ, Las Vegas View Journal out here in Las Vegas, uh, reported a couple of hours ago a $1 million parlay placed over at DraftKings. $4.15 million would be the win. Bengals money line plus 170 and under 48 and a half. That report courtesy of Todd Dewey via Johnny Avello. And then uh, man, what a big wager, huh? A total of $9.5 million to win $16.2 million. Mattress Mac bet with both hands. Firing away at Super Bowl 56. You know, I have not read the details of this, but does Mattress Mac have a Bengals-related promotion or a Rams-related promotion? Because typically when he makes these big bets, it involves Houston teams. What's his, uh, what's his business tie-in with the Super Bowl with the Rams and the Bengals? I believe, let's see, that there is a promotion. Bengals, let's see, uh, customers. Uh, yeah, so uh, customers who buy $3,000 or more of mattresses or reclining furniture are going to get their money back if Joe Burrow's uh, Bengals prevail. If the Bengals win. Yeah. So Mattress Mac uh, looks like he is hedging a little bit there in terms of some of his wagers um, with the promotion. So like you said, these are he does it every single year with uh, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's the uh, World Series, all of those things, setting himself up, which is a smart thing. And advertisement-wise, gets a lot of free ads. Um, he gets a lot of run in the media from bets like that. <laughs> yes, too. he does. Yeah. And if you're a book that takes the action, I mean, come on, it's advertising for you too, right? Uh, with that. Let's talk about this matchup in and of itself because the Rams is a four-point favorite, total 48.5. So you and I, from a point spread perspective, are on opposite sides. But a four-point outcome can make us very happy, both of us, right? Uh I laid three and a half last Sunday with the Los Angeles Rams. You took four and a half with the Cincinnati Bengals in this matchup. So right now, both of us getting the best of the number, at least at this point where the market stands at this point. So walk us through the thought process here in terms of was it just – was it just, hey, four and a half? It's probably going to be the best number out there. Going to go back down to four. You get the number in the hook, and that's why you took four and a half? Well, uh, I, th- I just think it's going to be another tight game that yeah. goes to the wire. Like I said, my score prediction was initially was going to be Rams by three. I went with Rams by two. Uh, we've seen six straight playoff games go to the wire. I'm not sure why this one would not as well. Uh, the Chiefs had a chance to blow out the Bengals and couldn't close the door. I'm not sure that I have that type of faith in Matthew Stafford and the Rams to uh, close it out and blow out the Bengals, and that's why I think Joe Burrow is going to be dangerous in this game, especially if the Rams let him hang around in the second half. But four and a half, I, I thought maybe a five would show up when it was obvious a five was yeah. not going to get there. I just took four and a half, and I also thought that I picked the Rams to win the game. I picked them to win by two or three. I think Sean McVay is going to find a way to win it uh, this time. Um, and Cooper Cup, don't forget about this. A lot of people – have glossed over this. The last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, Cooper Cup was injured late in the season, Mm -hmm. and Jared Goff did not have him out there. A lot of people like to bang on Jared Goff and talk about how bad the offense was in that game. 
How good do you think Matthew Stafford would have been against the Niners last week if he didn't have Cooper Cup? Uh, Sean McVay, right? Everybody bangs on Sean McVay. Yeah. The game plan, he got figured out. He didn't have Cooper Cup. Didn't have Cup. Uh, last week, uh, the Niners would be in the Super Bowl right now if Cooper Cup was not on the field last week for the Rams. So he's probably going to be the difference maker. I think the guy that gets the Rams over the hump. So I did pick the Rams to win a tight game. I will say if this money line continues to plummet around minus 170, I might play the Rams at minus 170. And then I got the Bengals yeah. plus four and a half, and I got a pretty good shot, a middle <laughs> shot there, and it's uh, not going to be as stressful watching the game. But uh, th- that was one that was one strategy I had as well, looking forward to uh, how I thought the money line might drop on the favorite. Well, money line prices heading that direction, so you probably get there. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm in on the Rams minus three and a half. And I just, it's, so I was thinking about this today. At one point in the middle of the football season, you asked me, who I thought the best team in the NFL was. And I said I thought it was the Rams. Mm-hmm. But they go through that late season slump and I you know got wet feet, you know, got cold feet because you're sitting there watching Matt Stafford turn the ball over <laughs> at a high rate or commit a lot of turnover worthy plays. Uh-huh. Offense kind of gets stuck in neutral. Now they win those games, which is I think a positive, right? Being able to come overcome the mistakes and eventually uh, win those contests. But at the same time, this was a team that looked really good, and I think one of the things that I can't get my mind off of when it comes to this overall matchup is I just don't think the aggressive nature of this passing attack and how dynamic it really can be is is being given enough credit, right? I think initially, and I've heard people in their analysis go, hey, you know, I initially thought that this was a run-heavy team, and then you looked at the numbers and realized, no, Stafford's taking shots downfield. He's throwing on an average of nine yards downfield. Cooper Cup is a big play guy. Odo Beckham Jr. is starting to come along pretty strongly here. The running game is actually, right, like the, the whipped cream and the cherry on top of the Sunday. It adds to it. It allows you to open up the play-action game, but this is a dynamic passing attack. And Fifth, I can't, right there, you see the chart. Yep. Fifth in passing offense in the NFL. And 25th in rushing. And I think if you ask a lot of people, they, I don't know if they would say that is flipped, but I don't think they would think that that is the, the difference, the delta between the two mm-hmm. in terms of passing and running for this Rams team. But I think at the end of the day, this is a dynamic passing attack. And we always remember what we saw last. And everybody's going to remember the Bengals dropping everybody and stymieing Patrick Mahomes for a half and making him look kind of like a fool at the end of the first half and into the second half of that AFC championship game and not realizing that in the first half he was connecting on almost 100% of his passes and going up and down the field on that secondary and looked like they were going to run away with it. And so I think at the end of the day, to me, that makes the biggest difference here. When we're talking about these two matching up with one another and it ties into some of the props, which we'll get into later, I am – that's why I picked, by the way, in the the uh, article, 38-34. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams are going to have some success here and ultimately win this game and hopefully win by four or more. I am going to say this right now. I am, I am holding myself back from saying the Rams just kind of stomp them. Like, win comfortably. Oh. Yeah. I don't want to be too chalky. Do you have one of the highest score predictions I've seen in yeah. terms of uh, predicting a shootout? I think Mina Kimes of ESPN had something too, like 31-28. I think she had the Rams winning, okay. something like that. Uh, but you're talking about scores in the high 50s, 60s. You're not seeing a lot of score predictions like that. In fact, we've uh, listened for a week and a half here on b about how the Sharps are playing this game under, yeah. right? Sharp money's under the total. I think maybe <clears> – <throat> I'm on board with what Randy McKay said when he was on our show. I think Mitch Moss said it Sunday night as well. It's kind of the way I envision the game scripting is that you get off to a slow start. There's not a lot of scoring early. Mm. Uh, that's why I bet the punt before score on both teams. 
And then the passing and scoring you're going to pick up, and there's a chance this game could really explode in the second half. With and the killer Joe Burrow. That's why I did not bet the total. I think the first half under might be a decent play, but I did not bet the total for the game because I could see this thing really taking off in the second half and being a high-scoring game. Yep. Well, and we'll get to all of our prop bets. Uh, I've got to bet on MVP, right? It is not a quarterback for me uh, that is when gonna, that I think at least has a great shot at winning most valuable players. So we have a lot to get to here on the program. Again, Scott Kellen is going to be with us in uh, less than five minutes as we come back from that. And then Chris Andrews is going to be in studio as we discuss what's been going down here at the South Point Sportsbook in terms of wagering. Uh, speaking of South Point, speaking of Chris Andrews, and speaking of fun, join Stormy Bonnet Tony today, 6 p.m. for the Big Game Betting and Beers event here at the South Point in Las Vegas. So if you're listening to my voice and you are in Sin City, Tip of the Strip is the place to be. Stormy's going to be with Chris, Jimmy Vicaro, Vinny Maiulo. Fun, informative look at betting this year's big game. Got stories and much more. It's free for everybody over 21. And I was told that beer will be flowing. How about that? A lot of beer. You like beer here. Check it out. Betting and beers at the South Point. We'll come back and get Scott Kellen's opinion on what's going to happen this Sunday. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. is the edge on VSN the sports betting network All right this Super Bowl Sunday Billy Walters who some call the Michael Jordan of sports betting sits down with VSN for only his second interview ever his first was with 60 Minutes. Now he joins legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports gambler, as well as his upcoming memoirs. This exclusive interview is only available on VSIN, the sports betting network. Tonight we'll show an extended clip from the interview on primetime action, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Watch the complete interview this Sunday at noon Eastern, only on vcin.com. There it is, noon Eastern Sunday. Check it out, vcin.com. Brent, Jimmy, and Billy Walters. That's going to be a blockbuster. I like it. Michael Jordan, sports betting. All right. Let's bring in Scott Kellen. Nice enough to give us time. He's been with us throughout the football season. Scott, we have finally arrived. Super Bowl 56 will be here this Sunday. Uh, so let's just start with the basics, sir, because we are down to four across the board in the market on this line. Total has been pretty steady at 48.5. From a side perspective, uh, you are on the underdog, correct? Uh, yes, I grabbed four and a half. Uh, and happy Friday to everyone, guys. Uh, I grabbed four and a half uh, earlier in the week. And um, 
Look, the one thing that worries me about this is uh, the Cincinnati offensive line. And, uh, you know, this could be a repeat of last year where Kansas City's offensive mm -hmm. line had all sorts of problems with Tampa Bay. So that could happen, and this bet could go south. But I'm still showing some value despite the uh, huge difference on the offensive lines between these two teams with Cincinnati. And the other thing that kind of made me feel a little bit better about this too, JVT, is I started to look back here. And teams who have advanced to the Super Bowl, I, and by the way, I guess I'll back up. Can't, you know, Tampa Bay last year was a four or five seed. So I started to look back, and number four seeds or higher who had made it to the Super Bowl uh, now after Tampa Bay won last year were seven to one straight up in the Super Bowl. Um, and I think the, even the loser was Arizona against Pittsburgh that covered. And, um, and a lot of those teams played number one seeds. And so I kind of got to thinking, you know, if you make it to the Super Bowl, whether you're a four seed, five seed, or whatever, um, you're a pretty good team, and, you, and you've beaten a lot of good teams to get there. Now, this year, both these teams are number four seeds. So I started looking back, and I noticed that teams who advanced to the Super Bowl with a win as a dog in the conference championship game, which is what Cincinnati did, they're now 13-0-1 against the spread since 2000, as long as their opponent didn't also win as a dog. They're 10-0-1 against the spread as a dog. And then on the flip side, um, it doesn't happen very often, but the Rams didn't cover in their win to get to the Super Bowl. And teams who didn't cover the conference championship game and are now a favorite in the Super Bowl are 1-6-1 against, against the spread. So um, got some value on Cincinnati. I don't love the matchup, especially the offensive line. But these situations seem like these teams do end up doing pretty well once they get to the Super Bowl as well. All right, that's Scott Kellen. Follow him at Sixth Sense NFL. Scott, it's great to have you on the Football Friday show all season. We're going to welcome you back in April when we do this again for the USFL season. You ready? <laughs> Taking notes right now. Yes, absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, let's talk about one of the star players in the game and the way you're, you plan to attack some of these props and props you have played so far. Cooper Cup, you're going to play him over his reception number of eight and a half and uh, talk about some pr that prop and some related to that that you're looking to play. Yeah, so uh, I did take Cup over uh, eight and a half. It was at plus 105. Last time I checked, I think it was minus 105. I'd probably still play this to minus 110. Um, I believe I read somewhere where uh, Cincinnati is one of the worst teams in the league in terms of defending the slot. We know Cooper Cup's just been a machine all year long. Uh, and, you know, if I look at the, uh, the the median amount of receptions he has per game, it's about nine. I just think this is a good matchup. They're going to get him the ball. And, um, you know, he's gone over these numbers quite a few times this year. So I'm going to take my chances uh, with the over on Cooper Cup. Um, the, the one other thing I did play, Matt, is I did play Cam Akers under uh, rushing yards 62 and a half. And also just played him under the rushing attempts of 16 and a half. I was just looking here. Um, uh, Sean McVay was quoted the other day saying, I think Daryl's going to go in, in first, Daryl Henderson. So you'll have Cam Akers, Daryl, and Sony Michelle. You'll, you'll be able to see a good three-back rotation based on how the game unfolds. And he goes on to say, you know, if one guy gets a hot hand, we might run with him a little bit. But that tells me like a lot of split uh, carries there. And um, I'm not sure Akers is going to get over that number. He hasn't yet since he's come back. And if his opportunities are limited, um, I also went under the rushing attempts just simply because if he does break a long run, you know, maybe he could get over the yards. But he's going to have to get a lot of volume to get over the rushing attempts as well, mm -hmm. especially if all three guys play. Yeah, I'm with you on that prop. I bet that last night as well. Cam Akers under 62 and a half. And 
will be rooting against him to bust a uh, yes. big run early in the game so so uh, Sean McVay doesn't stick with him as a hot hand. But it looks like it's going to be a three-back rotation for the Rams, JBT. Yep. Uh, all right, Scott, let's talk uh, let's a couple of the props that you got here. Uh, t- talk to us about essentially how the game goes overall for both of these teams. Uh, total net yards under the 755 and a half? Yeah, I went under 755 and a half. I kind of, you know, kind of like they do in college basketball, we have the uh, the quad one, two, and three. I kind of tried to just uh, put NFL teams into a quad one or two or three and then look at how both these teams did, uh, both offensively and defensively, both rushing and passing. When they played the uh, specific kind of quad, if you will, top 10, middle 10, bottom 12, basically, um, uh, this year. And when I started looking at that, I, you know, I only have these guys totally maybe about 700 yards in this game. So this seems to be some value. And that's a very simplistic way to do this. But it seems like this is overpriced a little bit. And I know I'm on Cincinnati. But I also worry a little bit about Cincinnati just being able to move the ball, sustain drives, uh, and whatnot. And if to your point earlier, JBT, if they do get blown out, um, you know, I, I don't know that this game is going to go over that yardage as well. So, and Cincinnati is a slow playing team anyway, for the most part. Now, obviously, if they get behind, they might have to change the game script a little bit. But I think 755 and a half under, I think this thing's anywhere from 755 to 765. I think under is a, a decent value play here. I like you see some of the numbers too, by the way, if you're watching uh, the uh, broadcast, we showed you some defensive numbers. If you looked at some of the secondary numbers for the Bengals, not very good. 32nd air yards allowed, 25th yards after catch allowed, defensive average of the target, eight yards downfield. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's talk about scoring overall then, Scott. A first half, uh, and I think this is kind of the general sentiment, a slow starting game. It's what we've seen in Super Bowls, low scoring first quarter, second half picks up. Humans have spoken on it, and I think that's what you played too, right? Yeah, I played second half uh, more points than the first half. Uh, late, I think I laid 155 on it. Now, you, you might see like a minus 125 where you lose if they tie. So just, just you know, understand what you're betting there. But 17 of the last 23 Super Bowls have scored now as many or more points in the second half versus the first half. I think this one did actually lose last year, but it's been a pretty consistent play that I've played uh, for a number of years now uh, as well. Okay, Scott Kellen on uh, more points scored in the second half than the first. You're also going to bet, or you have bet, the last team to score wins the game, correct? Yeah, and that's and this one's pretty pricey, minus 230. Um, but this has now happened 11 in the last 12 Super Bowls. The team that scores last wins the game. You kind of figured KC would, KC would get a just a garbage touchdown last year, but they actually didn't, so that it, it did cover again. Um, and I think... If this game's close, then that this prop obviously has a very good chance. Um, but either way, uh, this thing's been a winner 11 in the last 12 years. I'll give it another shot this year as well. At sixth sense, NFL, Scott Kellen, NFL handicapper. So we talked about five props that you have played. Uh, how many do you anticipate having uh, in your uh, in your hand by uh, Sunday when this game kicks off? I've got 17 right now, Scott. Is that too many? <laughs> No. Well, look, look, diversification is a good thing, Matt. If you think you got value, you play it. I'll probably end up 10 to 15. And I think it's, you know, it's kind of important. Am I on Cincinnati? Yeah. But if that loses, that's one out of 10 or 15 plays. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, there's probably a lot more value in the props as a whole in this game. Mitch Moss told me uh, a couple of days ago, he's got already got over 30 props. This is surprising. <laughs> Mitch loves the props. I used, I used to have to. I used. I used to have to copy them and put them on a sheet just so I could che- keep track of them all. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a good idea. I have done that the past couple of years as well. Scott, where are you going to watch the game on Sunday? Uh, I'm either going to watch it at home or seeing if my buddy, now that the mask mandate is done, right? 
uh, see if my buddy's got a place at one of the casinos. So we'll figure that out this weekend. All right, good deal. Might see you out. Uh, Scott Kellen, thanks for uh, joining us all season, man. Good luck Sunday. All right, same here, guys. Thank you. Scott Kellen at 610 NFL up on Twitter. We got some uh, audio we're going to play later in the show. I I was watching the Dan Patrick show, and uh, he was talking with Al Michaels, who's calling the game for NBC. I'm glad this game's on NBC, by the way. You're not a fan of the other two broadcasting crews? Well, I think Tony Romo is wearing thin on a lot of people at the end of the season, especially yeah. with his botched call at the end of the uh, Bengals-Chiefs well, he, game. He was weird in that game because he also, yeah, yeah he, he, talking about letting him score when it was yeah, a three-point that was, game. That and was like, really yeah. a bad call. And then, uh, you know, I've heard enough of uh, Troy Aikman on okay. the Fox team. Okay. So uh, I'm his glad this one's on the end. Al Michaels, is, uh, he's a hall of, like Brent Musburger, a Hall of Famer, uh, one of the best in the business. I've never heard Al Michaels call a game and be, and have been annoyed. Right. You know? Yeah. He, he is uh, he is an ultimate consummate professional. Uh, but Dan Patrick asked Al Michaels about his prep for the game and how much he pays attention to the point spread and the total. And he also asked him, do you pay attention to the props? Which I thought was an interesting question. Al Michaels is going to answer that. We'll hear from him later in the show. But Chris Andrews is on deck. That's right. Let's talk to Chris about what's been going on from a betting perspective here at the South Point. And maybe get some tidbits on the sit-down, right? He was there for the Billy Walters talk. So we'll maybe get a little insight from Chris Andrews on that and much more when we come back here on The Edge. On VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Play Wrangler Squares and celebrate their 75th anniversary with a free shot at a share of $75,000 at DraftKings.com slash Wrangler Squares. Now to get in on the action for football's biggest Sunday. Wrangler, the right of life, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The only gene that humans will wear. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> But I used to wear Wranglers all the time That's right. back in the old days. Let's get to Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director, rubbing elbows last night with Michael Roxy Roxborough, one, yeah. one of the greats, Jay Cornegay, other bookmakers in town. What was the uh, the main topic of discussion at the uh, bookmakers' dinner on the, uh, let's call it the eve of the Super Bowl? Women. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that came up once or twice, probably. Uh, I guess we were talking about a lot of old stories. And uh, you mentioned Jay Cornegay. He's uh, easily the youngest guy there. So he was, uh, I talked to him. Actually, he sat next to me. So we talked quite a bit. He says, God, I missed these stories by like about seven years, you know. And uh, but, uh, but I think he was absorbing some great ones. Vic Salerno was there, Nick Bogdanovich. Art Manteris, Robert Walker, Vinny was there, Richie Bacheleri. Who's who? We had a lot of fun. And we, this morning it dawned on us, nobody took a picture. We should have taken a picture last night. So. Uh, that's why you need somebody young there with a cell phone who's <laughs> taking pictures. Next year we'll get a millennial the along JBT, here. invite just him say, over just, next just year. Just bring me photos. in to take the picture. I okay. you guys. That's a lot of big names last night at that dinner. Uh, I was curious, if, uh, did you guys talk much? You probably didn't talk many specifics about this game, but... Uh, where do you think these numbers are going to close by some Sunday for betters who come to town and might be looking for value on the Rams? Because like you said, when you walked in here, it's been all Bengals so far. Yeah, you know, it was funny. We uh, we went to four. I think we were the first ones in town. I'm pretty sure we were uh, after the opening number. So a couple days ago, we went to four. So we were at four minus 05 when it was four and a half pretty much everywhere in town. So we got a nice little flood of Rams money, and I, I, I think that was a good thing. We needed that uh, because I think it's going to be all Bengals from here on. Now, the point spread, 
our ticket count is almost even on the point spread. But the money line, forget about it. It's all all Bengals uh, money and tickets. You know, it's interesting. I've talked about this, and uh, <clears throat> I'll just mention it again briefly. You see that South Point money line right now, Bengals plus 165. Chris, at the circuit right now, you can bet Joe Burrow to be MVP at plus 275. I think here at the South Point, you got maybe 250 on Burrow. I think, I think it's 250. Yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> if you if you like the Bengals in the game, would you not bet Burrow plus 275 or 250 to be MVP? Because it's tough for me to envision a scenario in which the Bengals win and Burrow's not the MVP. Yeah, you know, last year, I bet Brady to win the MVP because I kind of like Tampa. And I uh-huh. figure... You know Brady. Well, what was he? I think he was forty-four last year. I'm thinking, boy, if they if if Tampa wins, how can they not give it to Brady? Meanwhile, if you remember, he hit Gronk late in the game, yep. and they got they tackled him by the ankle because I think Gronk would have won the MVP if he breaks that tackle and he goes in the end zone. So it's a little bit of a risk, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're getting a much better price. And I think if you do like the Bengals, uh, that's a real good price. So would you say two seventy? And I think I got yeah. two fifty. Yeah, the highest I see is two seventy five. Yeah. But I, I looked just before I come in. I I do real well on that prop right now if he wins the MVP. So I'm okay with. Well, that. it's probably a lot of prop. Probably a lot of action spread all over that board to be MVP, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Really quickly, because we're talking a lot about this money line. For people who are listening, you don't really know. For a four-point spread, what is like a normal money line out there? Like, how, like, why is 170 a cheap deal if it still stays at four? Yeah, it really should be more like $2, yeah. maybe 210 something like that. Depends on if it's a strong four or a weak four. Uh, you know, it was, it's been a strong four, essentially, up until the last couple of days. Now, you know, some guys are asking me if I think it'll go to three and a half. I don't think so, but it might. You never know. Some big money showing up could easily do that. How do you think this game is uh, going to play out? Because we talked about betting the props, and you have a script, a game script, and you're going to bet yeah. a lot of props accordingly. You probably don't want to put all your uh, chips in uh, one basket <clears throat> because if uh, the game doesn't go to according to your script, you could lose all those props. Sure. But when you envision uh, the way you think this game is going to play out, what do you see? Well... Boy, I hate to say it because this is the way they're betting us, too. Um, <laughs> but I'm getting a lot of first-half action on the Rams. That's one of our biggest decisions. They're betting me the Rams the first half. And I could kind of see it. You have a, a more veteran quarterback. They are playing at home. And even if you don't give them anything for a home field advantage, you got to figure if you're sleeping in your bed for the last two weeks, and I, it, the, can it mean a little something? I think it can. And, you know, the the Rams, if you look at the last couple games, they've come out very strong the first half. Uh, the exact opposite for the Bengals have come out and yep. and kind of faltered the first half, They've made their adjustments. Burrow obviously come back and win those games. Uh, but, you know, they are betting me that way, and I could totally see it. So I'm at three minus $1.15. Uh, for the Rams, the first half. Now that's kind of an aberration for a number that's four, and and maybe dropping. You know, so that's not what you would see. But as far as the handicap goes, and looking at the game that way, I think that does make a lot of sense. Now, I'm hoping it come, doesn't come to fruition, but yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a good chance th- that it will. Well, let's talk about the total then, because uh, we were discussing this too. Do you see maybe a slow starting game in the first half that really picks up and? Could uh, we, we could see a scoring explosion in the second half? I know a lot of sharp money is shown under the total. Yeah. Um, um, again, I, I didn't I didn't play the total because I'm actually kind of concerned that this game could take off in the second half. We've seen think? that happen. Yeah. 
I'm not the greatest total guy in the world, but when I was looking at this game before the numbers came out, I really thought the total would be like in the 43-44 range. Seriously? Really? I did. Wow. I did. That's what I thought. You know. But also, going back to the theme that I was talking about, first half, second half, my first half total is 23.5. My second half total is 24.5. Yeah. And they're also betting me, and I finally got some two-way play today. A guy came, boy, this guy came in, bet me about a hundred thousand dollars worth of props just today. Uh, but he, we had, which will be the higher scoring half, and I think we had this. The second half was either a dollar seventy or dollar seventy-five, something like that. And he came in, he made two limit bets on the first half to be the higher scoring half. <laughs> it's a little bit random, but there is yeah. there is definitely some. Uh, some logic to it, and you, you think what forty? You think forty nine and a half by the time we get to Sunday? Does it get there for a game? <sighs> Boy, you know the sharp guys definitely played under. Yeah. They played me under. So I mean, I know you have a lot of guys out there waiting to bet against the public. It just depends on when they want to make a move. You know, forty nine, pretty key number. Uh, forty nine might get them to play again. They did. They played it in the beginning. I opened at fifty. They bet me under fifty. They bet me under forty nine. And they may came, they may come in again if I get to forty nine. And I think there's a chance we get there. So you building anything popular-wise, prop-wise? What is uh, some of the props that you're getting most action on so far? Most action's been on the, the sacks. Yeah. Total number of sacks. They're betting over. They're betting the Rams sacks over. So Rams to sack Burrow. They're betting that over. But they're betting the the – the the ran, yeah I think I said it wrong so yeah so then the Cincy mm-hmm. sacks under so Cincy to sack Stafford they're betting that one under so I don't know I'm hoping I can kind of zig and zag right on that one but I am starting to get some good pretty good two way action I'm vulnerable on some numbers because I've had to actually move the number um, you know we'll kind of see how it goes but I think the sacks right now of all the you know somewhat more obscured props that's getting the most action. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, the wagering handle like at this point, and uh, what's the biggest bet you've taken today? Uh, today, you know, it's still mostly prop action, which you know take you know to win two thousand. So the guy bet me eighteen thousand to win two on on both the overtime and uh, the safety. <laughs> okay. But just a straight up bet today, the biggest one so far today, just twenty thousand. You know, so. You know, on the Rams, every year on the Rams minus four. Yeah. yeah. So before this all opened up, this is every year. The, the topic was like, man, what's the handle going to be like in the yeah. state of Nevada? So what are you expecting with everything now opened up with so many markets available and so many markets nearby here too, by the way, with Arizona. Yeah, anymore. I think it'll be down and I don't think it has anything to do with the other markets. I think this isn't just really a marquee matchup. I also don't think the number is like that important, you know, in people's minds. Like last year, we were back and forth between three, three and a half. Well, you wanted to get that best number. If you were laying, you didn't want to lay three and a half. If you're taking, you don't want to take three. So so people were scrambling around. That really created a lot of business in the game. We're not seeing that this year. But I will say, I think this year the, t- the, the props will outright the game itself. And that's happened on some occasions, but I think it definitely will this year. We're doing tons of prop action. And the, the action on the game is a little bit slow. But i got to tell you, from about 8 o'clock this morning, we've had people lined up in the windows all steadily since 8 o'clock this morning. So it's starting to come in. That's Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook Director. And, Chris, you're going to be involved in the Betting and Beers event here tonight with oh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy, Visa, and Vinny, Stormy 
Bon and Tony. That's going to be at uh, 6 p.m. here at the South Point yeah. at, near the Grandview Lounge down there on the uh, south side. And also, how about this Billy Walters interview coming oh, up uh, Sunday with Brent and Jimmy? That's going to be a good one. Took place back there at Michael's yeah. here at the South Point. I got a little fl- film clip they did of me calling him the Michael Jordan of uh, yes. sports betting. And I think that's very apt. He's He's the greatest. He's, somebody asked me, is there anybody better than Walters? <laughs> Man, I sure hope not, is all I can tell you. <laughs> One of Billy's is enough to handle. <laughs> like you can watch that in its entirety Sunday morning, 9 a.m. with Pacific time, 12 o'clock p.m. for you, those of you on the East Coast. Chris, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Good seeing you guys. Yep. Well, you'll be able to see Chris, too. Come on out to the Betting and Beers later today here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Last 15 here of the edge. We get the best bets, props that we have waited on, and uh, close it out here on the last football Friday of the season. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to this segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find, locate a store near you at CYN.com slash Fine warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Matt Humans will be chopping on the Zin as he sweats out these Super Bowl bets that we got this weekend, huh? All right, let's get to it. Let's yes. get the best bets now, for uh, props. And you, uh, you have a uh, list here of about 10, I Yes, like. but it's going to get whittled down to nine because very quickly, I mentioned this note, and it should be noted. Matthew Stafford, longest completion, plus a half over James Harden points, rebounds, and assists. Canceled, refunded, because James Harden switched teams. Mm-hmm. Official rule, of course, over at the Superbook. You check in on those, so uh, that is not going to be the case. Regardless, though, Rams, minus three and a half over the Bengals. Bet that last Sunday. Matthew 
Stafford over passing yards, 278.5. In Matthew Stafford completions, minus 2.5 over Evan Mobley points and rebounds. This one gets interesting. Joe Burrow completions, plus 1.5 over Darius Garland points and assists. I mentioned this in my write-up in Point Spread Weekly. Guess who can't play today because of back soreness? Darius Garland. Mm -hmm. Second leg of a back-to-back tomorrow. You'd assume he'd be available. It's a very big game against Philly, but uh, will he be limited in any way whatsoever? Be interested to see. So uh, after that, from there, you go down further the list. Odell Beckham Jr., MVP, 25 to 1. Von Miller, first sack along with Leonard Floyd, first sack, 4 to 1 and 6 to 1, respectively. And then game tied again, 0 0, or after 0 0, minus 115. In. All right. That's it. What do you got? Looks good. If Odell Beckham is the, uh, the guy, the player who scores the first touchdown, we're both going to be happy because I bet oh, yeah. Odell Beckham to score the first TD of the game at 8 to 1 odds, and uh, that would give him a. A decent jump on being the MVP in the game, which you bet. All right, so uh, my my only side play, I did not play the total. I played the side, Bengals plus four and a half. Let's get to uh, the prop bets on the game. I've got five or six Joe Burrow-related prop bets here. I bet him over two and a half rush attempts, over 11 and a half rushing yards. Like it. Over 11 and a half incompletions, over 36 and a half pass attempts, over 276 and a half passing yards, and... Joe Burrow to be MVP. Nice. I was I I bet the, at 250 and the circuit went to plus 275. So I put another small bet on Burrow at plus 275 to be MVP. And <clears throat> there's a chance I could have Bengals plus four and a half Burrow to be MVP. And who knows by game time if that Rams money line drops, I might play the Rams at minus 170 as well and hope the Rams win the game by two, three, four, uh, something in that neighborhood where we have another tight uh, playoff game. Uh, as far as the Best bets on props. I also play, will the Rams score or punt first? Went with punt, minus 110. Will the Bengals score or punt first? Bengals, punt, minus 140. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, that's the way I think the game is going to start. Slowly, before the scoring picks up and uh, the passing and the quarterback numbers start to pick up. You have two first-time quarterbacks in this Super Bowl and two young head coaches who don't really, really want to make the big mistake early in the game, right? And uh, I think that's part of the uh, the thinking on that. As far as uh, the rest of the prop bets, I bet a couple on the running backs last night. Joe Mixon under 63 yards okay. and uh, Cam Akers under 62 and a half yards. And the Rams are going to be difficult to run against. And also, we know that uh, we've talked about this the past couple of days. Sean McVay said there's going to be a three running back rotation for for the Rams. And that's what you would think that Cam Akers is not going to get – a lot of carries or a lot of yards. Hopefully he doesn't bust off a big run early in the game to where Sean McVay decides he's got the hot hand. But I bet Mixon and Akers under their totals. Also a couple of uh, just entertainment bets. Will the game be decided by exactly three points? Yes, okay. four to one odds. Uh, like I said, Beckham to score the first TD of the game at eight to one. Somewhere we got that graphic. We could throw it up on the screen, but apparently we don't have it right now. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else? You're rattling those off the top well, of your dome. That's all from memory. I was okay. going to read them off the graphic, but we don't have the graphic. Right. So if, if I forgot any, I'm going to look up the list. Well, you know what? And then uh, I'll, I'll bring them back after this clip. Let's listen to Al Michaels. You want to do that? Yeah, let's set this up. Uh, on with Dan Patrick, correct? And Dan asked Al Michaels about the preparation for calling the game and uh, how it ties into betting, how often he keeps track of the point spread, and some of the props as well that are available. How aware are you of, I know the point spread, but prop bets? Uh, a little bit. You know, I, I look, I've been the rascal. You know that. I'm the guy who's always talking about 
a point spread or the over under, and I've sneaked it in through the years, and a lot of people love it. Uh, now, of course, I can come in the front door because you've got DraftKings and all these other entities that are now involved with with the National Football League. You don't overdo it, though. I mean, in terms of prop bets, no, I think that's that's too inside football. Uh, I think a, a few people are involved in that. I saw. I looked at them the other day. I mean, there are 18 million prop bets. So where do you go with that? I think you you would be talking to a very a, a very small sliver of the audience if you went there. I think it's interesting as uh, to hear the, the guy who's going to call the game for NBC talk about that. I've never I, really heard the play-by-play guy ask about that before. Hey, do you pay attention? Do you study all the prop bets? I think you would want to read through the prop bets to get a general idea of what's expected in the game. But it is information overload. I would never expect a play-by-play guy to know, hey, that's that play just decided a prop bet. That's going a little bit too far. I think you'd have to have an alternate broadcast, yeah. almost like we have on VSEN, wow. where you call out – the prop bets as they're decided during the game. Yeah, I think I disagree to a certain extent, though. I mean, okay. props are what bring a lot of people into Super Bowl betting. Like, right? Like, you know, there's my, like my mom, for example, like will bet on a prop here and there mm-hmm. because that's what makes it more attractive. As opposed, but Al to Michaels is uh, no, and as he's not responsible for the popularity of betting. No, what I'm saying is yeah. I would agree with the statement that that's too inside football. I think a lot of novices will actually come to betting because of the props to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's the statement I disagree with. I agree with you don't want to keep track of them all throughout the game because that would be a little ridiculous. I just think it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot to ask right. for the play-by-play guy to know all the props. He's got to call the game, and uh, that's his job. Alternate. Broadcasts, I think, are are going to be a must and are going to be popular in uh, future years because people want to hear. I think you know what we do on VSIN during the game is going to be uh, entertaining to a lot of people as you call out the prop bets while they're decided during the game. A lot of times, I think that's more interesting than the actual broadcast, depending on who's calling the game. All right, what else we got here? You want to go to Von Miller, uh, or where do you want to go? Yeah, I've got some more uh, prop bets of my own here. I'm going to mention them. We don't have that graphic ready, but team to make the longest field goal. I bet the Bengals at minus one twenty. Like it. Yeah, I think the Bengals are going to have a, a longer field goal than the Rams. You got to bet on Evan McPherson instead of Gay, and that one a two-point conversion attempt. Yes, yes, even money. Uh, a first turnover turnover of the game, interception instead of a fumble. Interceptions minus one ten, and I also bet on Matthew Stafford to throw an interception at a minus one twenty. I saw oh, this. Do uh, my guy dirty minus one, minus one twenty. Yeah. Burrow's a little higher. Burrow to throw picks like minus one forty or fifty. Good. I didn't want to lay that price. So I just laid the price with Stafford. Don't forget, in a four-week stretch late in the season, Stafford nah. threw eight picks. He also committed 10 turnover-worthy plays. <laughs> Joe Burrow said, quote, um, we want to get off to a, a fast start and get the lead in this game. Have you ever heard – I was going to mention this. Have you ever heard a player said, we want to fall behind early and let, <laughs> let, let the other team control the game? It's where we're most comfortable with our back against the wall. Yeah. We'd like, he says, we'd like to start out fast – uh, they have a really good pass rush, so when they know that's a team dropping back and throwing the ball, they kind of tee off. So we want to get out to a strong start. If we get behind early, we're not going to panic. So maybe a comeback is going to be necessary, but we'd like to jump out early and control the game. That's Joe Burrow talking about the pace. Let's hear from Von Miller talking about Joe Burrow and uh, the cold-blooded killer he is at the quarterback position. You know, it's the Joe Burrow show. Don't don't forget it now. This this yeah. this guy is the real deal. Um, I don't like making comparisons to you know anybody else. Joe Burrow is his own guy, but you definitely see shades of uh, of Tom Brady in this guy, man. You know, the moment is not too big for him. You know, he's shaking off sacks and he's throwing the ball downfield. 
you know, they have a they have a crazy team, man. And we definitely don't want to fall into the trap of, uh, you know, what they've done in the past. They're going to come ready to play, and um, we're going to be ready to play as well. It's a Joe Burrow show. Bob it's Tom Brady, yeah. Right. It's crazy. Tom Brady, haven't heard that one yet. We've heard Mac Jones and Joe Burrow compared <laughs> to Tom Brady this season. Who's it going to be? Uh, but Ridiculous. Tom Brady did lose a few Super Bowls. Yeah. He was not perfect on the big stage. But it's going to be interesting. Obviously, a key matchup in that game is going to be uh, at Rams defensive front. And if Joe Burrow can escape that pressure. We have, we have audio from Ed Orgeron, too. But we're going to save that for Sunday. He was on the show. Follow the money with Mitch Moss and I a couple days ago. He was talking about Joey B and uh, when he knew Joey B had the toughness to be this type of quarterback. Where are you going to watch the game on Sunday? Oh, I got a party, man. Got some pals, hang out, have some drinks, watch the game. Sweat out some bets. Not at your house. Somebody no, else's no, house. Yeah, somebody else's yeah. house. So I don't have to clean up the mess. Uh, speaking of Sunday, where are you going to be? People want to know where they can watch you. What, what are you going to be? Uh, what time are you going to be on? Noon to two Pacific time from the Circus Sportsbook with uh, Dave Ross, part of the uh, Vsin Super Bowl pregame show. Like it. All right, we're all done. My guys in the desert coming up next. Stormy Bonatoni, uh, who by the way will then I would assume drive very fast here to the South Point to get ready for betting and beers. So make sure you check that out as well if you're out here in town. With that, good luck this weekend. Unless. You're on opposite sides of me. Then I don't wish you luck. Have fun, everybody. <laughs> hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.